It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a freaking listen to yourself to the world, but it don't need something to your own life. Beat it up and I've got no teeth. The ladder puts the platter with the fear fight down. Like fire in the fire, but the city's other gangs and the government for hiring the combat site. But it wasn't coming in a hurry, but the jury beat it down your neck. Reporters got to jump in the crowd with that low plane flying and up for overflow, punching in the corner, too, but it'll be the secret devil, secret devil, world in your own knees. See your heart, tell me the surrender in the river with the right. You patriotic, patriotic, plan might right, might feel it in British life. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of doom. And I want to say bloom, but my voice just doesn't go that high. Hey, friends and neighbors, welcome to a special edition of the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, an hour of audacity in an inundated world. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 700 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. I'm a man on a mission, and that's to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. We're on the road again, as Willie Nelson likes to say, and this week we're at Prepper Camp in rural North Carolina for a weekend in the outdoors, giving seminars with the likes of Rick Austin and Survivor Jane, two awesome folks that have put together a really awesome event. A thousand preppers, sure enough, a thousand preppers camped out together. How about that? It's been a great time, but as usual, the podcast is a little late when we're on the road. And I want to thank our listeners for their patience with our tardiness in getting this podcast up. It's late at night at the Notel Hotel, and the lovely Nurse Amy is out like a light, so it's just me tonight. But wait, not really. I'm going to give you a series of interviews tonight from Prepper Camp that we did with some real all-stars of preparedness. Our good friend Charlie Hogwood of Ready Go Prep, the popular Scott Hunt of Practical Preppers, Rick Johnson of North Carolina Oath Keepers, Tim French of Americans Networking to Survive, and a newcomer to the scene, Josh Gore of North Star Tactical. So I hope you'll enjoy our talks with a number of great folks in the preparedness community, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident with a mysterious marmot? Our attorney says, don't call me, call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, and listen to this. That all information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only. They do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it's available. That's right, don't listen to a darn thing we say. There may be stills, a nugget of knowledge somewhere that you'll be able to store in that noggin of yours. So what's up, Buttercup? You know, we learn as much from you as you do from us. So connect with us. It's easy. You can connect with us by email at drbonespodcast at aol.com. Find us on Facebook at our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy, or our other pages, Doom and Bloom and Dr. Bones Nurse Amy. You can follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. And don't forget our YouTube channel. That's also called Dr. Bones Nurse Amy. And our video cast the first and third Wednesdays of each month at AroundTheCabin.com. And don't forget our website at DoomandBloom.net. 700 plus articles, podcasts, videos on medical preparedness. Every one of those articles and videos assume... There's no doctor, no hospital, that you're the end of the line when it comes to your family's well-being because something has happened and we're going to make you effective 
in the role of survival medic. Also, our book, The Survival Medicine Handbook, you'll find that on the website. You'll find also Nurse Amy's entire line of medical kits and other medical supplies. If you haven't gotten yourself medically prepared, man, you are just not prepared. So check out Nurse Amy's supplies and you'll see lots of stuff that will help you keep it together even when everything else falls apart. Now, before we do the interviews, I'm going to want to talk a little bit about survival medicine. And actually, it is called the Survival Medicine Hour, you know, so I think I better do something like that. And I'm going to talk about what I was asked by a member of the Survival Podcast Member Support Brigade. Jack Spirko of the Survival Podcast has graciously added me to his expert council, and I get a question every week that I answer on the air on his awesome Friday episode of the Survival Podcast. And so we really thank Jack for putting us on the council, and we certainly want to spread the word of medical preparedness. And so we're going to put together this week's response right now. Okay, so the question goes like this. You and Jack have both mentioned that diarrhea kills more people than the actual disaster. What are some post-disaster scenario treatment options and preps that we should do? I'm assuming we have clean water stores and treatment processes ready in place. How important are electrolytes for dehydration recovery and what are the alternatives for those in a grid down scenario? Are electrolytes overblown or essential and how can we make substitutes or find them naturally in times of trouble. Also, the important, what other preps should we have ready for treating diarrhea in a grid down scenario? So here's my response. Indeed, you'll see more deaths as a result of diarrhea and dehydration in a survival setting than deaths from gunfights at the OK Corral. Now, how do I know this? Because armies on both sides in the Civil War are documented to have lost more soldiers to diarrheal diseases like dysentery than from bullets or shrapnel. Now your question assumes clean water stores and treatment processes. That's a pretty big assumption. Supplies that sterilize water, like a pot, a method to heat water but to boiling, bleach, iodine, and water containers would be the medical supplies. Yes, they're medical supplies in this case. You would need to make sure you're destroying pathogens disease-causing organisms. Do you have these supplies in enough quantity to deal with the number of people you have or the time you'll be off the grid? Be honest with yourself. Now, as medic, you're not just the chief medical officer. You're the chief sanitation officer. It's your job to make sure that food is prepared safely, water is sterilized, and human waste is dealt with in the correct manner. If you don't, infectious disease is going to run rampant among your people. You don't have to dig that latrine by yourself, let's hope, or cook all the food but you do have to set guidelines that cover safe practices. Let's talk about electrolytes. Electrolytes are substances that contain charges called ions that conduct electricity. All forms of life, or higher forms of life at least, can't live without them. Why? Because electrolytes regulate our nerve and muscle function, our body's hydration, our blood pressure, our blood pH, and the rebuilding of damaged tissue. Now the main electrolytes include sodium, potassium, calcium, bicarbonate, magnesium, chloride, and phosphate. Salt water, sodium chloride, is a kind of electrolyte solution. Now, electrolyte imbalance can be manifested in several ways. The symptoms will depend essentially on which electrolyte is out of balance and whether that level is too high or too low. An altered level of magnesium, sodium, potassium, calcium can produce Everything from muscle spasms to changes in blood pressure to irregular heartbeat to confusion, even seizures, and much, much more. When we sweat, we lose electrolytes, mainly sodium and potassium. And let's face it, you're going to sweat a lot if things go south one day. You can replace lost electrolytes with rehydration solutions, something you can make yourself. In one liter of water, add six to eight teaspoons of sugar, one teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of salt substitute, potassium chloride, and maybe a quarter of a teaspoon of bicarbonate in the form of baking soda. Add some flavoring if you'd like and put the concoction in two liters rather than one for kids. Of course, an old University of Florida alumni like myself can't avoid mentioning electrolyte-rich fluids like Gatorade. 
designed to essentially be colored flavored sweat that you can drink. Water can keep you hydrated, but it isn't as useful as a replacement for electrolytes than fluids that have electrolytes in them. Of course, a balanced diet will have them too. If you've got your food and other supplies in good order, you've gone a long way to keeping it together, even if everything else falls apart. Okay, let's talk about natural alternatives. Various natural herbs have been reported to be helpful for diarrhea. Ginger, meadowsweet, blackberry or raspberry leaf, chamomile, peppermint, golden seal, sunflower leaf, garden sage, yarrow, mullein, nettle, slippery elm. Wow, just a lot of choices. With all of these, you can make a tea or infusion by pouring a cup of boiling water over one to two teaspoons of dried herbs and let them brew with a lid on for, let's say, 10 to 15 minutes. Strain it, drink a cup every two to three hours or until the person feels better. A small amount of raw honey can be added for taste. You'll find that the strength of effect will vary according to the individual. Don't forget that there are over-the-counter medicines that can help, and you should stockpile these in quantity. Peptobismol and Imodium loperamide in pill form will help stop diarrhea. They don't cure infections, but they'll slow down the number of bowel movements and conserve water. Oh, one last thing. You might think that antibiotics are needed for diarrheal disease. In certain circumstances, you're absolutely right. Doxycycline, metronidazole all come to mind as options for your medical storage. Remember, though, that the main side effect of antibiotic use is diarrhea. More on this and some other strategies for diarrhea and dehydration in future episodes. Okay, I hope that was useful for you. Now we're going to go on to our interview sessions from Prepper Camp. But first, a short musical interlude. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with just old Dr. Bones tonight. Boo, I am feeling lonely. Okay, here we are, late night with Dr. Bones on the Survival Medicine Hour, Joe Alden, MD. Here we go with our interviews. We have a pretty impressive list. We have Scott Hunt of Practical Preppers, Tim French of Americans Networking to Survive, our good friend Charlie Hogwood of the Survival Group Handbook fame, and also... We have Rick Johnson of North Carolina Oath Keepers, an organization I have a great deal of respect for, plus Josh Gore of North Star Tactical. So here we go. Now remember that all of these interviews that we've done at Prepper Camp are done in the outdoors with all sorts of people talking in the background, so don't expect any Oscars for sound editing in this podcast. However, there's going to be a lot of interesting information, so... I hope you'll listen in and enjoy. First up, Scott Hunt of Practical Preppers. Okay, we're here with our good friend uh, Scott Hunt of Practical Preppers. Scott, if uh, you don't know him, which who doesn't know Scott Hunt, (laughs) right, is the energy guru and a lot of other things for the preparedness community. And we're really 
glad to have him on the show today. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm good, Joe. Great to be here. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what you've done, what what you're doing lately, and a little bit about what your message would be for the preparedness community. Okay. Uh, Appreciate you having me on the show. I've been uh, prepping for a long time. Uh, It's been a hobby of mine for over 20 years. It kind of started with... um, how do I water my livestock and homesteading? My hobby has been homesteading for a long time. Now it's, I call it prepping. But So I've just been doing this for a long time. In the last four years, really intensely doing it full-time as a job and helping as many people as possible with whatever. we. I started with water, just kind of developing water systems for people, making sure people have that good potable water, you know, sanitation, as you know, just having clean, good food, shelter, being able to stay clean, stay warm, stay cool when you need to, and so I'm the boring infrastructure guy. <laughs> but the kind of guy that you can't live without, as a matter of fact, the great folks here at Prepper Camp owe you a lot because you have pretty much giving them power yes we are powering a place and we're charging people's ipads and cell phones and i've got a car to power over here the battery's dead so we are private yeah we're glad to be able to provide the power for power uh, for prepper camp i think that's awesome tell us a little bit about your current projects current projects we range anywhere from getting water for homesteads uh, we're installing whole house solar systems so if the grid goes down you still have your critical circuits you can run your well pump you can stay cool you can run your keep your freezers going so you don't lose any food maybe some security devices so anything we do custom design and installed solar systems that are battery backup if it's a bug out location and you're you've made this huge investment when you want that power to go somewhere, we can do it. We can send that power back to the grid. So wow. Yep. And so they're pretty. The technology changes like every uh-huh. six months, so we stay up on it and we enjoy it. And so it's a lot of fun. I I think it's amazing that people think of a preparedness or survival as you know being naked and alone. But the truth of the matter is, is that you could be off the grid and actually living relatively comfortably if they use some of your services. Right. And we do recommend that you can live naked, but not afraid. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we do you don't want me to look, live naked. No, believe we me. don't want anybody here to be naked. Anyway, um, so we do, you know, I employ, let's start with an 1800s approach. So we have, you know, hand pumps and wood cook stoves. But if you want to, you know, you might need to spend more time on security. And if your creature comforts are taken care of, where you are getting a good night's sleep, maybe you have a CPAP machine, mm-hmm. what's going to run that? Right. You know, so we've got the power to do that. You're getting a good night's sleep. Morale's going to be higher if you're clean and well taken care of. Absolutely. And, and so, especially if you've got a group. Yes. And if you've ever been in a group of people that are dirty, that, you know, it went Katrina relief. And I was, I did their laundry. I kept them clean. And we were very, we were chainsawing for ten days. Mm-hmm. You do that wow. without any any sanitation, you're gonna be, you're not gonna be around, you're not gonna want to be around me. I'm not gonna be around you. So if people can stay healthy in a grid down situation, it's gonna help them. They're not gonna need as much as your medical attention. Hopefully. Well, actually, you I think are much more important than any of the stuff that we do. And between living a miserable existence and living an existence that's worth living. And you are the person that helps provide the means to be able to live with some quality of life, even in times of trouble. So I appreciate your coming on on the show. I hope that you'll tell our audience how they can reach you, how they can see your services. And I know you have a very popular YouTube channel. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Engineer 775's YouTube channel. I don't know how many subscribers. 118,000. Unfortunately, we actually had technical difficulties at this point, and we were cut off. And so, as a result, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that Scott Hunt's very valuable website is practicalpreppers.com. And so, that was it, and we really had a good time talking to Scott Hunt. Next up is going to be our good friend, Charlie Hogwood. Charlie Hogwood is the author of the survival group handbook and really the bible main reference guide for putting together and maintaining a harmonious survival group so here is charlie hogwood talking to us from pepper camp hi today we're welcoming a very special guest my good friend charlie hogwood charlie hogwood is a survival expert whose focus is the survival group. I'll tell you, if there's one thing that will get you in big trouble is to either not have a survival group or have a survival group that is dysfunctional. Charlie's going to talk to us today from 
Prepper Camp in North Carolina, an awesome outdoor event that both of us are actually attending and having a, a great time. And here is Charlie. Hey! Hey, Joe. Welcome. What it is, Charlie. Welcome to Prepper Camp. Yeah, I know. It's an awesome... It's beautiful right in the middle of the woods and the hills of North Carolina. I see all the pretty trees and... You know, I can't say much for the walls, but I like the carpeting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we are right next to the water, and yeah. we got some cows in our backdrop. So. That's right. That's right. You might hear them uh, if they happen to come around. Oh, I, no, I think they go somewhere in the middle of the day, yeah, and they sort of... Yeah, hot out. So. Yeah, we'll see them when the cows come home. Now, <laughs> hey, for those people that might not know you, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and... And what your goal is? What, you, what are you trying to do here? What am I trying to do? Well, I, I come from personal readiness education programs at readygoprep.com, where we specialize in group survival, as you said, and we have a number of different classes on everything from urban wilderness survival to prepping your pantry for food security. And uh, you can find us at Facebook, Ready to Go Prep, Instagram, Ready to Go Prep, as I always like to say, Ready to Go Prep everywhere. And uh, our focus is group survival, and we wrote the one and only survival group handbook which is the only book that's ever been written on the bible on survival group dynamics putting together a survival group keeping it harmonious harmony being the strengths of all society yeah big task and a, a lot of other things tell us a little bit about what they might find in your book the book is really made uh, from a couple of different perspectives. One, you can use it as a reference manual in case you're having problems with your friends and neighbors that you've got in your group. Mm-hmm. One, uh, another way that you can look at it is how to plan and organize it, where to find people, how to get rid of people when they become a problem for the group. So we really go through it from front to back on everything from survival theory, of working together with people, uh, disaster psychology, uh, law, history, and everything. And, and really, we try to dig out the strengths that you could apply to your survival group and how to, how to manage that thing, because that is one of the hardest challenges that people have every day in, in this prep, uh, prepping survival network. You know, I'll bet that uh, one of the biggest questions or from most frequent questions that you have to field uh, from an audience is, how many people should I have in my survival group? What, what goes into figuring that out? Well, in order to figure out how many you have, you've got to start asking yourself a couple of questions. Is Well, how many do I already have? A lot of people don't take into account that they've got family and they've got friends that, are, that they may be overlooking when they start actually trying to crunch the numbers. So when you actually want to put together a group, you've got to figure out, well, how big of a property do I have to uh, survive on? Do I need to defend it? Do I need to grow food? Do I need to handle animals and livestock? So there is a list of chores that have got to be accomplished every single day. So the more people you have, of course, the more people you got to have. But I would say a minimum, uh, would a five to eight would be a great number to get started because that is the, that's an effective team, and you mm-hmm. get you you get by on that, and then you really got to have some effective leadership. When you say five to eight, are you talking about five to eight actual functioning members, and their other members of of their families, or are you talking about just five to eight people? That's a very good question. I would say five to eight functioning members mm-hmm. because, for example, it wouldn't help you to have just you and then you've got six or seven other people that don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. That would not be a very effective team. So if you had five to eight people and all of those five to eight had a couple of other people in their family, you could very quickly have 25 to 35 people in your group and you don't even know it yet. What, in your opinion, is the biggest cause of disharmony within a survival group? Usually, it's uh, people have got bad members in the group. New membership is the number one most important thing you will ever do when it comes to a survival group. Who you let in is what you actually have to deal with. So you got to be very careful when you choose people. You want to vet them carefully and make sure that you have good chemistry and that they have chemistry with everybody else in the group. Tell me a little bit about what your process would be to do that. Well, what we like to do is we like to... Uh, we've already got a questioning, a questioning like a vet, uh, vetting questionnaire where you would sit down with somebody and we've listed all the questions. Where do you come from? What are you looking to accomplish? What kind of skills do you have? What are you looking for out of a group? Uh, are you open to participating with the group regularly? All of those kind of things. You really just want to get a feel for them. Really, you're, build, you're making friendships. You want to build friendships and people you trust. Those are the ones that, even if they don't have a lot of great skills, those are the people that are going to take care of you. Now, speaking of skills, what what kind of skills are you looking for in prospective members? What What's useful? Well, based on the situation that you're preparing for. Uh, if you're just preparing for everyday, you know, flooding, natural disasters, things of that nature, you just want somebody who's got the right mind and they've got a few basic 
survival, maybe survival supplies, they know how to go camping, things of that nature are good to go. If you're worried about a much larger event, then you maybe want to know somebody that's got some good tactical experience, somebody who's got some great medical experience like you always teach, uh, somebody who's got uh, great gardening experience or livestock experience. Depending on your individual situation, that's why you've got to know what it is you're trying to accomplish so that you can build your group around those ideals. I like it. I think this is something that is absolute absolute paramount. But you're talking about some other stuff other than survival groups at this prepper camp. Tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit about your talk. So tell us about your survival group talk first and then your other talk. Well, the survival group talk, what we do is it's going to be uh, about a third to a half of the actual DVD that we have out called the Survival Group Handbook DVD. And uh, it really covers where do I find people? How do I conduct meetings? How do I get rid of people when they become a problem or before they become a problem? What kind of laws should we have in place? Should we do an oath? Should we have a constitution to our group, which I look at as a time machine, a very effective document? How many people should we have in our group? Where should we go? Should we be a stationary or a mobile group? So those are all the kind of things that we're touching on in, in today's class. And then we're going to move on and we're going to do one called Defending Your Perimeter. Wow. Perimeter, yeah, it's Perimeter Defense for the Home and Retreat, which is the other class that we have digitized, put on DVD. And that one really talks about how to understand your local community, your neighborhood, your property in layers of perimeter so that you could defend it if you needed to. It talks about community intelligence gathering, understanding the pulse of your neighborhood. Trying, what could you physically do on your property that would slow people down in case they were trying to you know, commit common burglary on your property or in a collapse event if they were trying to move on your property to take it away from you? Well, I have something that I'd like you to give me your opinion on. This is what I have. Okay, I have basically a large garbage can full or, or garbage, uh, well, garbage can filled with old wine bottles, empty wine bottles and other glass. And what I would do if something really came down to it is I would probably would smash that into all sorts of shards of glass. And I would look around every part of my retreat and anywhere that I thought that there was cover or, or concealment, well, actually concealment or cover for uh, people that might be hostile to me, then I would I would spread it all over that area. What do you think about that? That's a that's a great idea, and that is one of the the principles that we teach. We look at blind spots of your property. I want you to go home, stand outside of your property, stand at the edges, the perimeter of your property, look in and say, I'm the bad guy. How do I break into that house? How would I take advantage of cover so I could move on that house? Uh, to do to do whatever it, I'm trying to accomplish. And wherever those hiding spots where you would take a knee, lay down, hide, and could not be seen outside of a window, that, I would say, create a minefield. Now, when I say minefield, I don't mean actual minefield, <laughs> because that wouldn't be right. But when I say minefield, what I do mean is that's mine. You cannot have it as the bad guy. Take your broken glass. Hide it behind those, those areas of what called blind spots. And somebody runs up and takes a knee on those, they're going to regret it. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that I'm making some sense. You know, I sort of rambled to myself and says, "Wow, I want to get some more empty bottles." You know, <laughs> great idea. Glass block works uh, really good. Uh-huh. Broken steel. Oh, garden yeah. hoses with nails. Yeah, metal. In it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Garden hoses with nails stuck in different directions makes caltrops. Yeah. All, all of that is good. Good for feet and tires. You know. Good thinking. Good thinking. Big well, holes on the property too. Of course, we would get. We would have good clues from you. <laughs> you are indeed one one of the best perimeter defense guys in the nation. So, so let's see. Um, what are your plans from here on in? What are What are you going to be doing? I see you have a lot of DVDs. Tell us about some of those. Well, what we did the the newest DVD that we've got out now is called Group to Go. We had a lot of people look at our book and they said, hey, that's a great idea. We love all this stuff. Now how do we actually put it into action? So I created about 75 printable PDF pages that have everything from forms and templates, from communications planning, pandemic planning, personnel info, uh, uh, group organization charts, all the governing systems, and everything is actually already in there you just print it out and fill in the blanks and then your people show up and you've got a survival group i mean i you can't make it any easier than that so that's our newest one and that's very popular right now i like that well you're very prolific in terms of uh getting things on dvd uh, especially in your your book is absolutely a required reading for anyone interested in preparedness so i just want to make sure that everyone knows the name of the book the name of uh, your latest DVD and ways that they can connect with you. 
Well, our book is called The Survival Group Handbook. You can get it through our website at readygoprep.com, or you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. And uh, we've got a new book that will be coming out before too long, which is going to have even more practical uh, information. So everything that you're looking for, check us out at readygoprep.com. And our list of DVDs, we got Perimeter Defense for the Home and Retreat. we got Food Pantry, uh, Pantry Storage. Uh, we've got... Um, what else we got over there, darling? We got, oh, don't drown while preparing for zombies. Oh, <laughs> tell me about that one. So here's one. It's the process to determine what to prepare for. Because we get so many people that come in and they say, well, I don't know what to prepare for, or, or I'm spending a lot of time preparing for things that may not happen. So we created an actual hazard analysis program where you just go through and you help. it helps you to learn what's in my neighborhood, what's in my community, what could go wrong and what should I prepare for so I'm spending my money wisely. Ah, well, isn't that interesting, zombie fans? You actually have some practical advice that you can actually learn uh, from Charlie Hogwood. Charlie Hogwood has been our guest. He is the bomb, and uh, you can see him uh, other than at Prepper Fest, if you happen to be here already. You can see him at all sorts of events throughout the country in the coming year. And make sure you go to his website at, again, www.readygoprep.com. Awesome. Thanks, Charlie, for coming to Prepper Camp, and thanks for letting me interview you. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Cool Great time. Yeah. All right. Hey, baby. Yes, darling. Hey, baby. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. This is my husband. He's not a prepper. Uh-huh. He sees no All right, and that's our interview with our good friend Charlie Hogwood. Our next interview is with a representative of a group I have a great deal of respect for, and that is Oath Keepers. Oath Keepers is an awesome organization. You don't have to be former military to be in it. And our guest today is Rick Johnson. Hey, today we have a special guest, somebody I have a lot of respect for his service and for the stuff that he's doing even now, and that is our friend Rick Johnson. Rick is a former member of the military, and I want to hear his story. He's currently a member of Oath Keepers in North Carolina. And yes, we're sir. Here, we're here at Prepper Camp with Rick. Rick, how are you, Rick? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's Good. wonderful. Well, we want to talk a little bit about your experiences. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you've done, oh, and what, you're, what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. Okay. Well, I'm from a military family. My dad was a military member, did uh, 28 years. And Jimmy Carter was president, so there weren't two jobs to row together when I graduated from school. So I joined the military, and I ended up doing 20. My son did a tour in the Air National Guard, and my grandson just got out of the Army. So, you know, we, we got veterans all over the place. Well, thank your whole family for their service. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. So uh, about six months ago, I became the director of North Carolina Oath Keepers. And they just basically said, North Carolina's yours. Get busy. And so I've been working across the state, developing regions and getting coordinators together and uh, training people in uh, a lot of different concepts of support for their community and things of that nature. Well, tell us a little bit about Oath, Oath Keepers as an organization. Tell us uh, when, about when you think it, it started, right. um, what, it, what are Oath Keepers' goals? These are some of the things that we'd like to know. Oath Keepers, uh, the concept kind of come out of Katrina. Uh, you probably remember the videos where the uh, National Guard were ordered to confiscate firearms from law-abiding citizens in the New Orleans area. And several people looked at that and said, no, th there's a problem here. And so Stuart Rhodes and some other people started Oath Keepers. And the uh, original idea was to promote and educate our military and our law enforcement about the Constitution and the right to not obey an illegal order. When I went through basic training back in 1978, they spent a lot of emphasis on what is a legal and lawful order, what is not, what to do if somebody gave you an order that wasn't good. They don't teach that anymore. Mm. And between not teaching our Constitution very well in schools and not following up in basic training, we have a lot of uh, military members, no fault really of their own, who don't understand. It didn't turn out too well in Nuremberg. It's probably <laughs> not going to turn out too well, well here. Absolutely. And, and so... Uh, Primary education, reach, teach, and inspire was the primary concept of Oath Keepers initially. We've branched out now, and we're starting, and we're working on a program called CPT, which is Community Preparedness Teams. Joplin, Missouri, terrible tornado comes through. Support services can't handle that. But if your community has people trained in and around your neighborhood who can work in emergency communications, emergency medical, preparedness, things of that nature, you can help augment your community. 
And so that in and of itself is a program that we're really pushing right now. Well, I think that that kind of thing is absolutely important. I mean, Oath Keepers are just such an important part of the entire preparedness, move, preparedness movement. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that it sort of came out of Katrina because I sort of came out of Katrina okay. in terms of, you know, my being born or reborn as uh, a member of this of this community of the preparedness family. And uh, I see how a lot of people may have may have joined after that time because we've seen some circumstances where we're just not able to handle right. situations on our own and and many many situations where there may not be rule of law right and i think uh the kind of education that oath keepers gives uh is is great i mean if you talk to members of the military and inform them of the things that uh they of their rights essentially absolutely you don't want people to just mindlessly follow orders you the amazing thing is that the people in the military in my opinion have the highest moral values of any american i agree and i can't see i just can't see that put together with a situation where they would mindlessly follow orders these are people with high ethics great morality and we swear an oath to the constitution we do not swear an oath to the president we do not swear an oath to a political party congress uh, No, it's to the Constitution itself. And when people are attacking the Constitution, abusing the Constitution, stretching the Constitution, the living document idea, you know, we we want to educate people to get them to understand that's not not true. And so that's that's a very tough challenge. The preparedness part is actually pretty easy. When, When you talk about, you know, hey, taking care of your family, taking care of your kids, your grandkids, people tune into that and they understand that. The constitutional education portion is actually a lot harder to get people interested in. If people take an interest in history, they'll take an interest in the Constitution. Yes. Because you, you want to know where you came from. Right. Every kid asks his daddy, what did you do in the war? Yeah, sure. And people want to know the history of their family. And the American family has a history, too. And so I think that you're giving them the opportunity to learn that history and to learn the values inspired our entire development as a nation, I think it is awesome. Tell us how we can help Oath Keepers. Well, I hate to say this, but we've got the 3% rule going on everywhere across the country. You can get 100 people to say they'll sign on and they're all with you, but when it comes down to action, we got about 3% who are really working. So we're looking for that really strong, dedicated 3% group that wants to get out, get off the couch, and get active in their community. We, uh, I've gone to my local sheriff and said, listen, we understand that you guys are understaffed and have a lot of things that you need to work on. How would you feel if I could put 60 people together who can work in communications, medical support, and things of that nature in times of crisis? Boy, his eyes lit up big time. I guess. You know, and, I, I, and so, you know, we wouldn't? want to be a force multiplier. You don't have to be an expert. And here's something else I'm finding out here, and I'm, I'm kind of shocked. You don't have to be military or law enforcement to be a part of Oath Keepers. I get a lot of people, oh, I'd love to, but I've never been in the military. No, 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 no. If you honor the Constitution, you have a passion for the Constitution, you believe it's under attack, and you're willing to do something about it, you're one of us already, whether you know it or not. You just haven't been brought into the brotherhood or the sister of the, the original organization. But your community, you know, tornado comes through, who do you take care of first? You take care of mom and dad and people in your house. Right. Then you go to your next-door neighbor and you say, hey, everything okay? You guys good? Then you spread out from there. Well, that's what we will do as Oath Keepers. We'll set up communication systems and help the emergency responders. We'll set up medical uh, aid stations if need be and things of that nature using people. Hey, our military have a lot of skills. A lot of us come out of the military with good medical training, good comm training, <clears throat> things of that nature. So we want to, put awesome. it to good, want to put it to good use. So how can the average person connect with Oath Keepers? How, how do they find you? How do they actually join you? Yeah, if you're outside of North Carolina and you have Internet access, just go to OathKeepers.org. And on the right-hand side of the page, about halfway down, it says Find Your Chapter. Click on that. Click on your state. Bam, it's going to take you to your state director. Their phone number and their email address and a website should be there. If you're in North Carolina, you can write to nc at OathKeepers.com. That goes straight to my desk. And... uh, I'll, I'll reply, and I'll hook you up to some uh, one of our regional coordinators here in North Carolina. Rick Johnson, thank you very much for coming by. I'm, 
I want to tell everybody that I fully support the mission of Oath Keepers. I consider myself an Oath Keeper. I'm a member of a lot of Oath Keeper groups on Facebook and hope to spread the word of medical preparedness. I can't tell you how much these guys have helped me in my mission. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Bless you. All right, awesome. Thanks. Okay, that was Rick Johnson of North Carolina Oath Keepers. Thanks so much for being on. Uh, next, we're going to have our good friend Tim French of Americans Networking to Survive Ants, actually one of the first networking groups in Prepperdom that I was connected with. I interviewed him a long time ago and met up again. And so good to see him. And now, Tim French. Hey, I'm here with my good friend Tim French, and I want to tell you that Tim French was one of my first interviews back when we were both young. And look at us! And look at us now. <laughs> Still hanging there. <laughs> Tim French is the head of uh, Americans Networking to Survive. That's Ants to You, A N T S. He's done a lot to really help us foster the sense of community that it's going to be necessary for us to have in a survival setting. I'll tell you, you can you can survive alone, but it's a miserable existence. It, it takes a community. That's right. Doesn't it? It does. Tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, how ANTS has developed over the years. What What is it for those people that don't know? Uh, don't know. We're correct. But, uh, basically, ANTS is a survival network of preppers helping preppers. So just as you might help your neighbor down the street during a disaster and uh, bring them supplies, we help our members in the cities, towns, and states around us. Mm-hmm. And we do that by uh, relaying supply pods, which is just five-gallon buckets full of basic supplies, of requested supplies, of the exact things they need. And we do it in a relay fashion from uh, the, closest out, the closest member on out. They'll go out as far as they need to to get those supplies, and then they'll relay those back, one to the other, all the way back to the person that needs them. To me, this seems like a complex thing, but to show how much has been accomplished by Tim and his people, how many states are you in? How many networks have you been able to sort of put together? In other words, if I started off in Miami, Florida, and I had to, I was going to bug out to Seattle, Washington, right. how many gaps would I have? In, in we have co- members all across the country. Of course, there's a, always a turnover and members coming and going. Mm-hmm. We did at one time have members in all 50 states, but now we have some states without. But if you were to travel from here to Seattle, I would imagine that they would be a member somewhere close enough to bring you supplies that's just amazing you know and that's a one benefit to being a member uh you may have a lot of supplies at your house Uh but if you're a businessman or whatever you may need to travel you may have a little bit of supplies with you but if it was long term you could be caught out somewhere you could call a member in that state to help you and another member would be helping your family you're a firefighter. That's right. And uh, you're going to be retiring soon? In December. And what you going to do with yourself? Well, we're going to uh, focus more on ants and try to, to, to expand it. Uh, basically, uh, we don't ask for any money. Uh, we always tell people the best way to, uh, uh, to make sure you have a good supply line is to recruit more ants around you, more members. We call Each member is called an ant. And uh, it's basically word of mouth. We don't really advertise. We have come to small events like this. But uh, since we're not making any money, it's not, uh, you know, I can't keep putting out that kind of money to buy boot space all the time. Well, Tim, how can we support your very worthwhile endeavor then? Well, just keep mentioning this like you uh, did yesterday in your uh, your class. It was a great class uh, online and things like that. These podcasts help. And uh, just keep trying to spread the word. And uh I think it'll keep growing. Uh, we have had events where members have checked on other members. Uh, they went as far as looking for them when they didn't make contact during Sandy and during their home tornado. So that all that part of the uh, network worked fine. But we've never had to make a complete relay yet because our members are first and foremost preppers. Mm. So they are prepared. But there is going to be a time when it's not the house down the street that got hit. It's going to be your house that got hit and your supplies that get wiped out. I think most people prepare for a disaster. You know, as if it was going to be around them and they're going to lose utility. So they're basically preparing for a utility disaster where, you know, the trucking might stop, utilities will be out. But sometimes you might be in the direct path of that disaster. A disaster can happen at any time, and you've got to have a network. And, Tim, you have one of the best networks. It's been there for uh, for years now, and you've got, I think, that is very worthy of, of our audience's support. Now, how can they connect with you? Uh, they can go to our website at uh, americansnetworkingtosurvive.org. We have a website there, and down the left side, if you want to be a member, you'll see a membership link there. We also have uh, all the information describing the guidelines, uh, the different jobs you can volunteer for, 
anything that you need to know about answers in that on that website and you join from that website and it's a very simple process it's free we never ask for any money uh, our members can't go out and say we're going to be helping so and so can you help us buy supplies you have to either have those supplies or buy them yourself uh, each member is not going to be supplying a lot maybe one or two buckets the next member is going to be supplying a bucket by the time you get to where the person that needs the supplies is located you may have 17 or 18 buckets and we usually only carry enough to get you through two weeks because you never know what's going to happen within those two weeks you still have to have a place to store it where you're at and uh, the buckets uh, were chosen because uh, we do do a relay system and each person needs to know how many buckets will fit in their car because you can't have one person in a truck bring 20 buckets right. to a car that can only hold maybe a 15. Well, Tim, I think you're doing a, a great service for people and helping them connect. A lot of people that are interested in preparedness just don't know what the next step is to organize into groups and uh, and, and you're doing a great job helping people network. Uh, one last time, your website? AmericansNetworkingToSurvive.org all right, sounds good. Tim French, thank you. thank you. It's been a long time. I'm glad we have connected again. Well, this has been a great event out here at Prepper Camp, and uh, I encourage anybody to take your class. It was great. Oh, you learned a well, lot. Even well, though thank you, you. Even when you think you know everything, of course, you don't. Uh-huh. You learn something every time. So. <laughs> well, God bless you, and stay safe. Okay, thank you. All right, our last interview from Prepper Camp is Josh Gore of North Star Tactical. Josh is a young fellow that is just starting out in the preparedness business of putting together supplies for people that need them and there are a lot of a lot of people really that are are doing that and we get to meet them and and these are people that are sincere they're trying to help out while trying to be able to make a living as well so let's talk to somebody like that here's josh gore of north star tactical okay we're here with a very special guest josh gore from North Star Tactical and General Store, LLC. And we're real happy to see him because he's got a lot of great stuff that can help anyone in the preparedness community protect themselves better and also live a better life. Josh, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Well, I want you to tell us just a little bit about yourself, about uh, North Star Tactical and what you can offer to our audience in the preparedness community. Uh, I'm uh, been a full-time EMT for three years, and that's kind of and uh, thank you. And uh, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I've yeah. always had been in the the preparedness mindset and Scout motto: be prepared. I've been kind uh, of in that preparedness mindset for uh, a long time, so ever since I was you know, real little on the Scouts and uh, working EMS the last few years, I've seen uh, you know a lot of a lot of problems in the community, people not prepared for things. And uh, oh yeah, and it's it's a uh, it's a big problem, especially in the bigger cities. So I. Um, had the idea of, uh, of starting up a business and trying to help help other people get prepared for emergencies as well. Awesome. Well, what kind of products would you say that uh, that you have that really helps somebody that's trying to get prepared? Well, some of the the big things uh, at first when you're thinking of is, is you know water. You know, you can go several weeks without eating food, but having clean drinking water, you know, you can only go a couple of days without. I carry a couple of different uh, filters. I carry the Sawyer filters, which are really great. I have the Sawyer minis, which uh, well, very small, only weighs about five or six ounces, uh, real compact, and they filter 100,000 gallons of water. Wow, that's awesome. You can attach it uh, inline to your hydration pack. You can It'll screw onto any regular size of water bottle that you find laying around, and so you always have fresh drinking water. We also have a couple of uh, survival stills, so you can distill water, and they'll... Uh, it's the only uh, method that the, uh, believe the Red Cross and FEMA approve as uh, being able to purify water completely. Uh, we uh, and we have a couple other uh, water filters that we've had have flipped through, but Sawyer has a vast array of different products. They have some that are the hundred thousand gallon filtration. They have some that are million gallon guaranteed. Now you got some other stuff over there that I see. I see an awesome uh, camo cot there. Is what is that? It's a bunk actually. It, it, yes, it's a it's a, a bunk bed cot system. It's made by uh, Disco Bed. And uh, that's their camo cot, and it refers to there's uh, cams on the end of the poles that forms, and you have two individual cots. Each one will hold 500 pounds, and it claps into two small suitcases, and you can piece them together. You have two cots side by side, or as uh, our setup is over there, you can have them uh, set up as a bunk bed style. So if you're short on space, you can put a couple uh, on top of each other. And is there a weight limit, or is it pretty solid? It's very solid. Uh, Each bunk is designed to hold 500 pounds. Dang. Yes. <laughs> and and this is just their standard size. This is their, what they call their large. There's an extra large version, which uh, is a little bit bigger, a little longer, a little wider. 
and also has some kids versions as well. Well, awesome. Well, you have a lot of different products there. Now, a lot of folks, uh, we're here at Prepper Camp in North Carolina uh, with Josh, but a lot of folks are, are just going to be able to find you online. Tell the, our audience Lee, where they can find your store and your entire array of products. Well, our store, we're just online only currently, and we travel on a lot of different events. Our website is www.nstactical.com, and then go on there. Most of all our products are on our website. Josh is going to help you get prepared, so go to his website at nstactical.com, and you'll find a lot of stuff that I'll bet that you don't have in your preparedness cabinet. Josh, thank you for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. All the best in the future. Thank you. Well, there you have it. A bunch of interviews with some awfully great people, people that really are helping the preparedness community, some people that really are all-stars and... We have just really enjoyed the privilege of hanging out with them, uh, getting to know some new friends, meeting up with some old ones, and I hope you enjoyed our conversations with them. We will do it again next year. In the meantime, wish us safe travels. We're going to be heading out from North Carolina back to sunny Florida in the morning. So hang in there, guys. I hope that all is well with you, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week.